Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are joined again, second episode in one day, by Dallas Amico of the Strickland. And we're continuing our discussion about Emmanuel Quickly, who is maybe Dallas's favorite player in the NBA right now, based off how how well he talks about Emmanuel Quickly. And specifically in this episode, we're talking about do Emmanuel Quickly and Jalen Brunson fit together long term? How can the Knicks make that work? Or is there a chance that maybe it won't? And and Emmanuel quickly might eventually want to sort of forge out on his own path, similar to what Jalen Brunson did by coming to New York. Lots to talk about next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Maybe today, twice in your daily routine, since this is our second episode of the day. Uh, and if you are not already, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss it if we do two episodes in a day and hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto download function on your favorite podcast app and you'll catch us five days or sometimes more than five episodes certainly per week like this week potentially so anywho i'm alex wolf i'm editor-in-chief and nick site the strickland which you can find at the strict.land he's gavin shaw your favorite play-by-play broadcaster favorite play-by-play broadcaster and i already told you guys what's going on in the intro and we already had a great part one to this discussion so i guess i'll just say that if you didn't listen to part one of this discussion go click one episode back on youtube or in your podcast feed and be sure to listen to that but right now we're going to talk about jalen brunson and emmanuel quickly and how they might fit together going forward. So to shift gears a little bit to overall long-term fit with uh, with IQ here, obviously the, the elephant in the room sort of is that he and Brunson play the same position in theory. Uh, and, you know, IQ has – and here's, here's one thing. I, I see so many similarities between these two, right? in the way that they came up in the NBA in the roles that they played, you know, working off like quickly his first year is working off Julius Randall in that extremely like heliocentric first, you know, year that, that Julius was so good and made all NBA and was like the focal point of the offense. Brunson has the same deal, uh, literally getting drafted with Luka Doncic and coming in at the same time and having to play off him from year one. And they both sort of had to cut their teeth as off ball guys that also could handle the ball. And we saw Brunson sort of take the same uh, or a similar trajectory of like taking a little bit of time to learn the point guard position more and, you know, also learning how to play off ball and really putting it together like year over year over year until finally last year. Then there was this like, like aha moment where it's like, Oh wow. Look at this. Like in the games where he's not playing with Luca, he's, he's pretty crazy. And we've seen sort of similar things from quickly this year. So I'll just quickly throw out, quickly throw out these stats uh so 
<laughs> it's unavoidable, yeah. Uh, so quickly this year, in starts, uh, has played 11. He started 11 games, played 41 minutes per game in that. I'm sure that was pretty buoyed by uh, the Celtics game. But 41 minutes per game. 19.4 points per game in those games, uh, also 4.9 assists and 5.1 rebounds, slashing uh, about 45% from the field, 36% from three, and 79% from the free throw line. Then off the bench, he's played 54 games, uh, has had 25.4 minutes per game in those games, and has averaged 12.2 points per game, four rebounds per game, three assists per game, uh, and then slash 45%, 37%. And 82% from uh, field goal percentage, three point and free throw line. So shooting pretty consistently, uh, like all the percentages there look almost exactly the same. And you sort of just see everything scale up, which is good. We saw similar things with Brunson last year, uh, playing with or without Luca. So without Luca, Brunson last year had 17 games, 20.4 points per game, seven and a half assists per game. 3.9 rebounds per game and shot 49% from the field, 35% for three, 80% from the free throw line. And then with Luca, he played 62 games and averaged 15, four and four, and then shot 50 and a half percent, 38% from three and 86% from the free throw line. So his shooting percentages were actually a, a little bit better than quickly's are when he had that like focal point guy to play with. I guess all this comes down to, Sort of a two-tiered question. One, do you think that there is a world? I mean, we started speculating about this even last night, where quickly ends up starting alongside Brunson long term. Do you think that this will just work the way it is, where he's playing six man, even though on nights like the Celtics game and and like he's performed in starts this year, it becomes sort of abundantly obvious that he has starter potential and maybe should be out there to start games and finish games. Or is there a world where quickly himself or uh, the Knicks, by virtue of using him as like the big piece to go land a a third star, like like I don't know, let's just to throw a name out there, like an SGA level player or something, use quickly as the big piece to get that deal done, or does quickly perhaps look at what Brunson has done, his own teammate, and say? Well, I'm sort of in the same situation you were in Dallas, unfortunately. And I think I sort of want to, you know, go off and do my own thing at this point. Granted, he'll have less flexibility than Brunson did as a first round pick versus a second round pick with how that works with restricted free agency and all that. But I don't know. I guess if you're going to, you know, like rub the crystal ball and, and try to look and see what's going to happen for quickly, what would your best guess be? Yeah, so I think if the Knicks pay quickly, if they're willing to to pay him, um, I think he'll stay. You look at his camaraderie with this team, the way he loves New York. Uh, he frick like they're be he's best friends with lots of the guys on this team, right? Like they are close, they seem connected. Um, I don't think he cares too much about starting, um, to be honest. Uh, if he's paid as he ought to be paid, I think he would be super happy to be super sixth man who also finishes games and is playing 30, 35 a night. Um, and, you know, just being an awesome player. Now, to the, should the Knicks use him to, to flip for, you know, another star? One thing I'll say is like, almost, basically nobody should ever be untouchable. 
right? Like if Giannis is available, like right, there, are, there are situations where you go after a guy. But one thing about quickly that is incredibly valuable, um, it's a, it's, is, uh, the fact that, like, look, I, I mean, I really believe, and pe- maybe some people are going to have different views on this, but I do, I think he's on a star trajectory, trajectory. Um, uh, at least like low level, low level all star kind of trajectory. Um, uh, could there be more? Yeah. I even think that's possible, but I think like, I think we're going to see Emmanuel quickly make an all-star day game someday, right? Like that seems pretty plausible to me. Not guaranteed, but pretty plausible. Um, okay. Guys like that. Um, there's a ton of them out there who need to be in the right context to, to win. You can't fit them with every star, right? You can't play them next to every other person, right? We talked about this last year, uh, when we were trying to think about whether it was wise to go get Donovan Mitchell. Um, He's a great player, but like, we were like, I don't know if him next to Brunson can win. Can him next to Brunson and Julius win? Like, that's some bad defense, probably, right? Like, that you're expecting. Um, you know, like, lots of star players, um, especially at that lower level star, um, type can't just be put next to any star and fit perfectly, right? Emmanuel quickly is a guy who can literally go next to any star and, give you extremely high level production. He can go next to um he could go on a team that had no real like great high level ball hand like a team like imagine that the Sixers didn't have Harden like he was he was off the team. He could fit next to Embiid and like take on more usage and be like a point guard that played off of Embiid and like fed Embiid a bunch but also got his and like helped run the team. He could go on a team with Luca and be an off ball guy and never have very much on ball usage except with like maybe the second unit, um, or as like an outlet guy and have high level impact. He can go on a team with, you know, Brunson and like a Luca type or Brunson, you know, and, and still have high level impact. And that is rare that like basically you, the star combination, it can be anything and he's going to fit in there and you know, he's going to do high level value. That's a, that's very valuable. All right, we'll be right back in with Dallas, and we're going to continue talking about this whole Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly fit thing. But first, I got to remind you guys, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. I'm still keeping up with my New Year's resolution. It's two two months in now, two months. It's been a long time, uh, already one-sixth of the year. And uh, hopefully you guys are too. And if you are, you might still be thinking like, man, uh, you know, I'm exercising so much and I'm trying to diet, but like I need something for my body to recover. Where can I get that with a protein bar that doesn't taste like a piece of chalk? Well, the good news is built bars exist. So you could just stop your search now and go get some. Uh, what makes them so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and taste just like candy bars with flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie and coconut almond. And yet. They only have 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're really not going to find a better taste and uh, calorie and protein combo than that anywhere. So 
the good news is you don't need to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with Hit Flavors Brownie Batter and Churro. You can thank me later. And today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Um, and if you if you take away one thing uh, from these FanDuel <laughs> Uh, conversations. It's always listen to Alex Wolf because if you if you, if you listen last time, uh, he told you Emmanuel quickly throw some money down him winning six man of the year. Emmanuel quickly is now the favorite, so you can still bet on Fanduel, but you won't get the same value you get a week ago. Um, Fanduel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss chances to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon. That's Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Um, I was talking to um, uh, Schwinny Pooh. Everybody knows Schwinny Pooh. Schwinn recently. And he was talking, making this same comparison between, um, and also uh, somebody who's in the, the Strickland Discord, Omar. They were making this comparison between Luca and Tatum. Uh, and they're arguing that there's reason to think that Tatum is better, not necessarily just like straight up, but because he's easier to build a team around. Um, like we've seen Luca seem to hold back other stars. Yeah. Um, you know, like Brunson, look at this explosion once he was away from Luca or even KP, right? Like KP was way better once he got away from Luca. Um, and there seems to be this thing with the way he plays, this heliocentrism that maybe, you know, um, but Tatum on the other hand, like what star could Tatum not fit next to? There's nobody, right? He's super flexible. He gives you value on defense. He can, be valuable with the ball in his hand. He can be valuable without the ball in his hand. Um, and he can take up usage when you need him to, and he can re- release, reduce it when he doesn't. Um, really the only sort of team where maybe Tatum wouldn't be, uh, like maybe you're like, like you might need, you need another ball handler probably next to Tatum, right? Cause like at least to this point, he hasn't shown to my eye, to my, you know, that ability to really just like take over a game down the stretch and be like, I want the ball and I'm going to go get mine kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, as consistently as he needs to and like impose his will on the game. Um, like even last night against the Knicks, I thought there were lots of opportunities where like in the first time, the first or the, the most recent game we played them, he had Grimes in the post on a few occasions and just like backed him down and like scored pretty easily. Like it wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Grimes is uh, feisty and on the perimeter. I think he gives him like, you know, he's, he's like a reasonable contest, a reasonable, um, does a reasonable job, but down low, like he just, he doesn't have that strength to go again. Tatum is so much bigger than him, right? Yeah. Um, it's really tough. Now, maybe what in a couple of years, Grimes adds some strength, you know, um, uh, even a guy like Josh Hart, who's similar size as uh, Grimes, but maybe a little stronger can have some problems with a guy like, but Tatum wasn't doing that. Right. Um, but anyways, that was a little bit of a digression, but like one reason you might like Tatum over uh, Luca's this fact that he can fit in anywhere. IQ has that. He's not a Tatum level guy, not a Luca level guy, but he yeah. has that sort of ability. So yeah. I, even, unless it's absolutely the right star, I'm really at the point where I'm, I'm not happy to just trade him away because I know that quickly can go next to any, whoever the star is I go get. 
um, or whoever star I end up having on my team. And that's extremely valuable. And I don't think there's any reason why he can't close games next to Brunson and um, then be, be awesome together. Um, not only because he does make up for some of Brunson's limitations by being really good at defense. Um, I also think Brunson is a little bit underrated on defense. He's not good, but he's not like the worst. Brunson's like, you know, um, not the worst defender ever. And like, he has to be able to move pretty well, like to consistently get in front of guys on drives to draw as many charges as he does. Like, you know, he's able to slide his feet fairly well. He's able to, he's not that bad. So I think, um, together they would be fine. And we have seen, uh, two small guards together win championships. We saw it with, um, most recently with the Raptors. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry played big minutes together. And that was when Fred was not as good as he is now, like not even close. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I just, I think he can fit. And so I'm not in a rush to move him. I'm happy to pay him. I think he'll stay if you pay him. And I would hope the Knicks would only move him, uh, for like an extremely needle moving star. Extreme. And like one that you're sure is going to fit with the other guys you have here. Cause like, um, I think there would be questions about, you know, I mean, there's like there were with Donovan Mitchell. There are questions about a lot of stars and about their fit. And like Julius Randle and Brunson, you know, are a weird pairing in a lot of ways. Um, they've been awesome together this year. Uh, but you need to have defensive infrastructure around them. Um, I think, uh, to really make it work. And, uh, like that's why a guy like Donovan Mitchell would be risky, you know, um, uh, or some other like, if Trey Young came available, I think that would be like extraordinarily risky. I would never go do Trey Young, right? Um, I'd, r- I'd rather, I'd rather quickly. As weird as that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it absolutely. seems insane. It seems insane to say, but I, I said about Brunson earlier. Like I was like, wow, who would have thought a few months in you'd rather have Brunson than Trey Young? And now I'm, I'm, I'm taking the next step. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, yeah, I'm with you, and that, that's about that's what I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end there. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, well, I, I totally, I totally. Sure. Yeah. Just like of the other like young guys, like a Halliburton is a guy who's talked up a lot. I think I would take, I mean, I would quickly would, I would take quickly. You know, it's funny when you were talking totally. earlier, I was thinking in my head, who would I rather have quickly or Halliburton when you reference Halliburton? And it's, it's weird because it's their two ends of the floor, right? I mean, Halliburton, like infinitely better creator than quickly. Like at this point, like, um, you know, like gets his own offense better than quickly, but quickly is an incredible defender and Halliburton's a seed on that end. So you like, there is like a, it's it's kind of the term that that Zach Lowe throws around with Kevin Durant. Like he quickly is a is a force multiplier in a in a lot of ways. And I think a, a lot of what we've kind of touched on in this conversation is like he's still sort of poking and prodding at, at the bounds of that and and the way he can manipulate space. And I think he is like you like when you when you see Emmanuel quickly four or five years from now, he's just going to be a straight up assassin in terms of how he punishes people like trying to take away everything like all right like if you're if you're trying to guard him 30 feet out like he is going to blow by you i mean it's what it's it's again like this is a sacrilegious name to throw out but it's, it's sort of the development we've seen with, with steph and dame where they have like fully learned how to weaponize the fact that they can shoot from anywhere inside half court and you see dame flying to the rim for dunks and you see steph for the last five six years now like flying to the rim for layups and it's because like you, you can't really guard most nba guards 40 feet away from the basket and press up on them because they're going to blow by you because they're, they're those types of athletes. And I think quickly is, is just like 
literally this week, kind of kind of playing with that and being like, oh, yeah, I can shoot, I can dribble, I'm really fast, and now I can finish. And he's going to get better and better and better. To your point, in terms of the processing that's necessary to maximize all those skills. But that is, wow, that is, that is so much on Emmanuel quickly. All deserved. All right, and that's it for today's episode. We do have one more in store for you guys with Dallas Amico coming up later this week where we're going to talk about the things that the Knicks have done with the help of Tom Thibodeau, who for like as much as as much grief as we've given him has uh, he's an old dog that has learned at least a couple new tricks this year to have the Knicks where they're at right now. Uh, we'll talk with Dallas about the the offensive and defensive strategies that have gotten the Knicks where they are. Talk about if a shortened rotation could potentially be in the cards for the playoffs and if that would be a good idea. And much more in one final episode with Dallas later this week. But for now, this is it. Uh, as if, you know, this is our second episode of the day. So already doing pretty good. But uh, this is it for today. So until next time, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.